1: 18 plus this episode of the duke basketball report podcast is brought to you by the boys of bird campbell pa for all of your legal needs in florida and texas bird campbell means business Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 132 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Now, here's the tricky thing. It's Sunday, October 28th, 2018. The last time we came to you, it was also Sunday, October 28th, 2018. That's because we pulled a fast one and recorded two episodes back-to-back because, hey, we were on the phone already, and Duke's season preview isn't going to change much from what it is now to when it is you're listening probably sometime a week or or two from when we're recording. So might as well just knock the thing out, and that's what we're doing. So if there was college basketball, before we get into this, if there has been any college basketball news since October 28th, since the evening of October 28th, we are not covering it today. We are just going to be doing the – Season preview for Duke basketball and talking a little bit about the first game of the season, the one against Kentucky that's tipping off on November 6th. So if anything has happened since then, you'll just have to wait for us to discuss it next time. But let's get right into it. I am your host for this episode. I am Sam Klein coming to you as I usually do now from Durham, North Carolina. I am joined, of course, by Donald Wine in Washington, D.C. and Jason Evans from Atlanta. I would ask you guys how you're doing But we already did that in the last episode. And presumably, you're exactly the same as you were, oh, I don't know, an hour ago. Is
3: that right, Donald? Yeah. So I I just want to apologize to the viewers. You know, we were going to, uh, to our listeners out there, I was, we were going to kind of peek into the future at some of this, you know, college basketball news that would occur between uh, tonight and whenever we drop this podcast. But my DeLorean's in the shop. And the way my bank account's set up, there's a check-in and a savings. And, and you know, on the weekends, neither of them work, And my DeLorean's screwed. And, and the, you know, the flux Pass and all that stuff is all jacked up. So I couldn't go into the future and get the information that we needed to bring back here. So my bad. And for all
1: those listeners who don't get Donald's movie references from the, <laughs> from the uh that's fine because I never saw that movie when it was in theaters either. Jason Evans, are you still okay?
0: Yeah, I had this weird sense of deja vu. I feel like we were here just an hour ago doing this. So strange. So strange. Anyway, let's get right into it
1: because this is one of my favorite episodes that we do annually, mostly because it usually involves me pulling a fast one on you guys and, and throwing stuff in that you didn't expect. Also because I, if you might, in case you forgot, am the reigning champion of the stats prediction game. So if you don't remember from years past or this is your first year joining us for the season preview, We could go around and talk about all the different players on the team and what they're going to contribute, but I feel like a lot of people know who some of the guys are or they're going to hear about them throughout the season, and our predictions aren't necessarily – general predictions, I would say, about how the season's going to go don't really matter anyway. So the way we've done this the last couple years is that I come up with a list of statistical categories, and the three of us guess – on who's going to be the leader in each of those categories from the team. And it's a little game between us. So I, as I mentioned, I. I, did I mention I hope I mentioned that I won last year. So we're going to play the game again this year. I've got a new set of, of stats that that the guys and I are going to guess on. And so let's get right into it if you guys are ready. So we'll start, of course, with most points scored in the season, most points scored in the season. I'll go to Donald first and I will also be taking notes as we go. So um, forgive me if I get a little scatterbrained as we're going through Donald, who is going to score the most points for Duke basketball this season.
3: I think it's going to be close, but I think in the end it's going to be R.J. Barrett. And Jason.
0: I don't think it's going to be that close. I think this R.J. Barrett kid is the real deal, uh, you know, like times 10. This kid is, we're going to really enjoy, it's only going to be one year, but we're going to really enjoy his time in Durham, and he is going to lead Duke in scoring this year. In fact, you ready to go out on a limb? I think that he's going to average the most points per game for any Duke player since J.J. Redick averaged more than 26 points per game back in the early 2000s. He'll have to score about like 21 and a half or so points per game to get there. But I think R.J. Barrett will average more than 21, 22 points per game and will lead Duke in scoring this year.
1: Unfortunately, I think this year, this game isn't going to be as interesting as it usually is. That being said... I also think R.J. Barrett's going to lead the team in scoring. Let's move on to rebounds. Jason, I'll let you go first. Who's going to lead the team in rebounds
0: this season? Zion Williamson. And if either of you pick someone other than Zion Williamson, you're freaking crazy.
1: So, Donald, you're going to go with... Zion. Yeah, same. All right. Two categories down. Nothing interesting yet. Let's move on to what I hope... Well, hey, Sam. Sam, by the way,
0: I, I think that shows how dominant both of these guys are in those categories, how great a rebounder Zion is and how great a scorer RJ is.
1: So speaking of dominating in a category, most block shots this season, I am going to go drum roll with Zion Williamson, Donald, who's going to lead the team in block shots this year.
3: This is where the crazy might occur. Marquise Bolden. Whoa. Ooh, did he just pull a Bolden? Yeah. And I think it's going to be close. But when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about time on the court and opportunities to block shots. I feel like Bolden has more opportunities than Zion to block shots. Now, Zion's block shots are spectacular. But I do think that when you talk about like tip shots, it's like that, all those that get marked down as blocks. Marquise will ink him out. It will squeak it out by just a smidgen. Jason, do you agree with Donald? Nope. Zion Williamson will lead this team in black shots. Dude
0: is a freak. He's a freak. And he gets in the air high, high,
1: high. Yeah, th- this is one of those categories I can't even believe we're talking about. Let's move on to another one. Trust me, these will get more interesting as we move along, uh, maybe as we get out of the sort of the normal categories. So most assists, I'll let Jason go first on this one. Jason, do
0: you have a prediction about who's going to lead the team in assist this season? Uh, I don't know where you think it's going to get interesting. All three of us are going to pick Trey Jones.
1: No, it's, it's not getting interesting on, <laughs> on
0: this category.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Donald, are, are you also in agreement here? Yeah. Thank God. Uh, I, I don't want us to get too off the rails. Let's go on to most steals. So total steals this season. This one, this one, I'm. I'm I feel like you could go a few different ways. Donald, let me hear your prediction for it.
3: Uh, again, I was thinking about opportunities, and I was thinking about the the chances that they have to execute, um, you know, and go for steals uh, by 10 steals, which is kind of a, kind of a lot, but not that much RJ Barrett. You know, I went the same
1: way and I'm curious to see if Jason made it three for three.
0: Uh, No, I will not. I'm, I'm going Trey Jones. I think his ball hawking um, is going to lead to a lot of steals. Uh, He had five steals against Ferris state and I think Trey Jones
3: will lead the team in steals. The, now one I thing I did about, note one thing I did note with steals is the steal uh is counted by the person who actually comes up with the basketball. I do think Trey Jones is going to tip a lot of and, and cause a lot of steals with tipping them, but I think they're gonna be tipped into other people's hands, which will cost them in the end. And
1: and I was gonna go back to a point I made physically an hour ago, but but last week for those listening that I like RJ Barrett's perimeter defense. I think that between his on ball defense and his ability to clog the lane and just the sheer number of minutes that he's probably going to play. I, I see a lot of steal opportunities kind of all over the court for him. So that,
0: and that's his length, of- his length. I mean, RJ Barrett's arms. I mean, I picked Trey Jones and maybe I was foolish to do it. RJ Barrett's arms are just like absurdly long. Let's talk about uh
1: field goal percentage. This one I feel like is also one you can kind of go in a few different directions with. I'm going to take R.J. Barrett, but but I feel like there are a number of of good picks for who's going to have the highest field goal percentage on the team. Jason, who you got for highest field goal percentage?
0: Yeah, I'm going out of the box on this one. I'm going to take Javin Delorier because I think that Javin's going to get a lot of putbacks. He's going to get a lot of dunks when other guys get double teamed. He He's not a guy who tends to take a ton of shots, which sort of favors him hitting. Um, you know, a high percentage and and sort of taking advantage of that. I don't think we're going to see him take a lot of three pointers, and three pointers brings down your shoot at your field goal percentage. So I got Javin for the highest field goal percentage. Plus, I just wanted to mention his name in these
3: predictions. And Donald. Uh, just to be clear, this is when I remember last year. I think we we decided that it was going to be a minimum of a, a field goal attempt per game to be eligible. Is that correct? That is or are correct. We got doing that. Yeah, yeah okay. so you
0: can't take you can't take Frank.
3: Right. Or you can't take, you know, Buckmeyer, Besser. who's going to yeah. be like one for one right. or something. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. So I, my my pick is going to be Zion Williamson. Uh, I think it's going to be, like you said, I think there's this is going to be a very interesting one because I think there's going to be a few guys that can contest this. Um, but in the end, I think Zion gets this one. All
1: right. I want to move on to another interesting, potentially interesting category and related. Highest three-point field goal percentage, and we'll set the minimum at an average of zero point five field three-point field goals taken per game. So if Duke if Duke plays in 30 games this season or 36 games this season, let, let, let's pick a number that's more fun. 36 games this season.
0: Let's pick 40. They, 40. Let's pick 40. We're gonna play if, 40, games, and 40 games 40 games.
1: You need to have at least taken 20 three-point field goal attempts. So uh, Donald, you first. Minimum or Highest three-point percentage, minimum 0.5 three-point attempts per game.
3: Uh, based on what I saw last year and what I think he can do this year, I'm going with Alex O'Connell.
1: Wow, I went the same way. Jason, are you going to make it three-for-three three on Alex O'Connell?
0: I am. I am. I think Alex O'Connell, yeah, I mean, the dude hit like almost 50% last year. He has shown no signs of being anything less than that this year. I think he's going to be our best three-point shooter. I
1: feel like Cam Reddish could could challenge him here. Well,
0: wait. Uh, so, are we going to do total three-point field goals made? No,
1: I was going with percentage. Do you want to? Should we add a category for? for Let's three add points, the category three for three-point
0: field goals made because that's where I'm taking Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish will lead this team with the most three-point field goals made. All right, I need to write this down. And while I'm doing it, uh, Donald, you're
1: also going to tell me um, how many which player on this team is going to take the most threes this season.
3: Uh, I'm also going with Cam Reddish to make the most threes. I do think it's going to be a battle between him and RJ Barrett for most threes, but I think he will have the most opportunities to do so. And I was actually going to take RJ Barrett as I'm
1: thinking about it now. So I'm going with Barrett. Donald is going with Cam Reddish and Jason is also going with Cam Reddish. Great. I've got that down here now. I'll refer to these back later in the season. All right. Next category, total wins. And I will I will remind you guys that last year you both wildly over the number of games that the uh that the Marvin Bagley, Grayson Allen, Wendell Carter team was going to win. So uh the team last how, year hey, won twenty eight. Yeah, how before, many did I guess? <laughs> uh, Jason guessed like thirty-seven or thirty-nine oh, or something outrageous. Oh. I won this category by a huge number and I didn't even have to go that far. I didn't even get close to it. Um so I'll just remind the folks that last year Duke won 29 games. They of course made the Elite Eight. The year before they won 28 games. They only made the second round of the tournament. The year before they or or they sorry they made the they made the Sweet 16. The year before they won 25 games. So like maybe cool it this year on the predictions, Um, Jason. I'll start with you.
0: How many games is Duke going to win this season? I really want to say like 36 or 37, but I know that that's insane with a team this young playing this tough a schedule, as we've talked a little bit, that the, uh, the ACC schedule especially is really, really tough. I'm going to go 33.
1: All right. I like it. I like it. I'm going to take 28 was my, uh, was my number. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. Donald, what about you? 36. Go, Donald. You know what? Donald has a <laughs> history. I hope, a, I hope history. you win. I hope you win. <laughs> Donald has a history in this game of uh of of being the biggest homer. So we'll we'll see if that pays off. Let's go to total true road wins. True road wins. I had Duke. At... Get... Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was going to say let me go first cuz I got a whole breakdown of this. Oh, you did? Okay, great. Why don't yeah. you tell us how many true road wins Duke's going to have? So, true road wins. We we by the way, we only play 9 true road games. Only 9 true road games this year, all of them in the ACC in 2019. So, um, and some of those are automatic wins. So the most you could say is nine. We're going to beat Wake. We're going to beat Pitt. Um, I don't think Notre Dame or Louisville can beat us on the road. So that's two more. So that's four. So I see five potential games we could lose at Florida State, at Virginia, at Syracuse, at Virginia Tech, and at UNC. Those are the five games we could lose. I think we lose three of those. I hate saying that. So I'm going to give us a total of six true road wins. I
1: had done a similar analysis and I actually ended up at five. So I, I I think Duke is going to, is going to really be challenged in on the road, especially since they don't have the opportunities early in the season. Maybe, maybe that, that trip to Hawaii sort of acts in, in a little bit of that way because it is a lot of travel, but all the other teams are going to be traveling as well. Um, the game against, against is it Texas tech is up in New York is, is going to be a home game for Duke. It, it's not like they're playing another team from the Northeast that brings a lot of guys. So I'm going to go with five. I think that Duke is going to have more struggles this year uh, on the road, or maybe it's as much as they usually have, but, but they are going to struggle in conference. I think there are a lot of good teams in the ACC that Duke has to play away. Uh, Donald, what, what do you, what do you think about Duke's true road
3: wins this season? Uh, I also went with six. My rationale being, I, I, I think that when you're talking about games that we could potentially lose, I think we we cover or we 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 hold serve at home, and we we might lose one along the way at a neutral site, maybe ACC tournament or in Hawaii, uh, and then three true road losses, which leaves six true road wins.
1: Okay, okay, I like it. Um, let's move on now. Uh, looking at the ACC, we're gonna we're we're doing some team predictions, some overall stuff. And then we're going to come back to individuals, total number of ACC teams who make the NCAA tournament. And Donald, I'm going to let you go first with this one.
3: I'm going to go with seven. Uh, The only reason I say that I think the ACC uh, is going to kind of level itself out, even though like on, on paper right now it's looked at as a very strong conference. And I think it will be the strongest conference, but usually you're not getting eight, nine, 10 teams in uh, unless you're having a stellar year as a conference. I think that the, in the end, the ACC gets in seven. All right. And Jason, I think Donald's insane. I think that there are
0: eight, eight ACC teams that are in the top 25. There are, if you ask me to put together the 25 best teams in the country, I think eight of them are ACC teams. And by the way, Ken Pomeroy and the other folks who study the advanced analytics agree with me that there are eight ACC teams that are among the 25 best in the country. And then I think, one of nc state or notre dame or maybe louisville or bc one of those teams will rise up a little bit and be the ninth team so i think the acc will put the eight top 25 teams and one more a total of nine teams in the ncaa tournament the acc is really really good this year
1: i was going to go with eight so i'll i'll split the difference jason you're going with nine yeah all right there we go. I'm, I'm, I'm saying eight. I, I don't i am know if everyone hangs on and, and is that good throughout the season. Let's move to a fun category, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah. Total number of slam dunks for Zion Williamson. And I I went back. I found a, a Devil's Den article. So shout, shout out to Devil's Den. Thank you guys for, for doing the hard work for me. It looks like Marvin Bagley set the record for Duke dunks in a season last year with 92. Mason Plumley had...
0: 96, 96 not 96 not, uh, not 92 it was 96 and i'm ashamed that you went to a devil's den article to find that there is a thread on the dbr boards the duke dunk thread that talks about nothing but how many dunks we have each game and it references last year's thread which chronicled 96 for marvin bagley a Duke okay. record
1: so 96 it mason Plumley in second place with 87 in 2013 does that look right
3: Yes, I believe that's correct. All right. Correct, yes.
1: So, so we've, got a, we've got kind of an idea of a range. Um, Bagley has the record with 96. I'm assuming that both of you were looking at that number to kind of augment or, or, or to inform what, what you think about Zion. So I'll, I'll take this one first. I think that Zion Williamson is going to set a new Duke record for dunks in a season. I also think he's going to break the century mark and get 102 dunks. Donald. How many dunks will Zion Williamson have this season? One hundred and three. Whoa, one hundred and three. And Jason.
0: So if plan. we're if we're playing the prices right, I'd say one hundred and four. But that's not fair. <laughs> no, you'd say
3: you'd say one dollar. No, <laughs>
0: right? Yes, no, but but I think he's absolutely going over that. Remember Marvin Bagley, who set the record with ninety six last year. He missed a few games, so he would have been over a hundred if he'd played in all those games die uh Zion Williamson will set the record easily he will have 110 slam dunks
1: all right i love it I, I love jason and donald kind of battling it out for for the most homer title uh on the show it it really helps i think it helps me so personally which is which for the purposes of the season, season preview prediction podcast is all that i care about at the moment we'll see though how things end up at the end of the season I've got a category here for Jack White's total minutes this season. Is that the one we were going to do?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change that? yeah. Okay. yeah. No, it's in.
1: <laughs> All right, Jack White, total minutes. Um, Donald, you're, I, I have a prediction. Donald, you go
3: first. So last year, Jack White had 159 minutes, and I think he's going to get more than that. And I was trying to debate about how much more he was going to get. I settled with a whole number of 250. Two fifty for Donald. Jason, your prediction for Jack White total minutes. So
0: I think Jack's going to play like around seven or eight minutes per game, which is a, a pretty decent number. So I put him. I gave another whole number. I went with three hundred total minutes.
1: Guys, I'm the optimist here, at least for Jack White. I don't know what that means for the whole season, but I got him at four hundred and one. Wow, wow. That's, that's the number I came number. to. That's I see, a big I, number. I see. I see Jack White playing some minutes this year for Duke basketball. Uh, I I, I kind of looked at at sort of average minutes played around where, uh, where guys like him fall in the rotation. And also knowing that this team is still pretty young. So we don't know if um, once they start playing real games, whether any of the freshmen are going to suffer from foul trouble or who's going to run into the proverbial freshman wall, you know, around January, or February, I see Jack white getting some minutes from this team, especially, and we didn't really, I don't think we talked about this uh, on the show that again, we completed uh, a few minutes ago, but uh, the news for which came out um, a long time ago, which is that Jack White is sharing captaincy duties with Javin Deloria this year. So I think Coach K sees a little bit more in Jack White than maybe, maybe we know at this point in the season. Uh, hey, so-
0: Sam, I got a question. Where do you think Jack White falls in the rotation? Do you think he's seventh man? Because I think he's the eighth man, and the eighth man at Duke doesn't get a lot of minutes.
1: Yeah, and and that's the that's kind of the challenge, right? Is 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 he ahead of or is he behind Alex O'Connell? Um, I think that I think we we sort of assume that DeLaurier and Bolden are going to be splitting time at the five. I think that both White and O'Connell are going to see decent minutes, even though it sort of goes against the 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 general Coach K trend. But but um, so if I had to guess, I'd say that Jack White is seventh, um, and that O'Connell is eighth. I I I don't know why I think this. Uh, maybe maybe you're just making me rethink rethink my whole process here. No, nope, no, nope, That's not okay. Allowed,
0: there will be the, no adjustment of the picks after the, the pick has been... The prediction, <laughs> the prediction is in. The prediction
1: is in. All right. <laughs> let's go to Donald's favorite category. How many 100-point games will Duke have this season? Ten.
0: Famously, go for
1: ten,
3: Donald! Ten! Famously,
1: famously <laughs> two years ago, Donald said that Duke was going to have 10 games, where they scored 100 points, and I think that season they had Three or one, something. Two, something two. like that. Anyway, um, Donald, how many 100-point games is Duke going to have this season? Ten divided by
3: two equals five. Five, still a lot. <laughs> I, I, I wrote one, Jason.
0: Uh, so I think we're going to pick up the pace this year. We're going to play faster than we have in the past, but 100 points is still a lot of points. <laughs> uh, I'll go four. I think four games.
1: Okay, okay, okay. All right. We only, we, uh, I think we've got, we've got one more category left that I've got written on my sheet. How many individual 30-point games are Duke Blue Devils going to have this season? Uh, Jason, I'll go to you first.
0: Um, so can we clarify something about this? Do you mean how many different individuals will score at least 30 points in a game? No,
1: no, 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 no. How many okay, total I, I individual 30-point games? So uh,
3: I, I misunderstood the category then. So two guys score 30 in each in a game. That's two. So that that's two
1: games. And then if the same two guys score 30 in the next game, that's another two.
3: Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So I, I wasn't necessarily prepared. I was thinking how many different people. And I was like, Oh, let's go three. I think, cause RJ and Zion, will both score 30 at some point and cam will get it. Maybe at some point in the season, we'll see. So I, I said three, but th- now I need to change it. Take a big, many, take, take a quick stab at it. Yeah. So I'm going to go 12.
1: 12 games. All right, good. That, Which that's, is a
0: lot. <laughs> that is a lot. But I think RJ is going to score a ton of points.
1: That is a lot. Donald, how many do you think? I went with six. Donald went with six. Guys, I'm the optimist here. I said Duke was going to have 14 individual games where guys score 30 points. So wow. I'm, I'm more in Jason's game. Guys, that's big. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Watching Zion and RJ in these exhibition games and, and at Countdown and in Toronto, it just, they, they, It seems like there'll be nights, there'll be so many nights where they are just, they're just forces and, and no one's able to contain them. That's, that's just what I feel. I don't know if that translates to Duke winning 35 games in a season, but I know that it translates to a lot of offense. Um,
0: Hey, Sam, can I, uh, this is not part of the official prediction game, but can I just ask something of us guys? How many combined points per game do you think those two guys will have RJ plus Zion how many points per game do you think they will combine for? We can make this a category. Well, we can yeah, do this. I can, yeah. can, make I can category. Very quickly. Um, Don, so. Donald, while Sam is writing it down, you go first. Combined points per game, RJ
3: plus Zion. So I, I, I'm going to predict that both of them end up over 20 points a game. And I think combined, I think we were, are looking at a number of 46.5.
0: Oh, 46. my God. That's huge. 46.5. Wow. Right. I mean, look, when you were
3: talking, remember when you were talking about points per game and what RJ was going to do in the 22 to 23 point range, if, if Zion's right behind him, you're looking at 45, 46 points a game.
0: I was going to say 44, and I thought 44 is so optimistic. That's such a huge number. I mean, that's like a crazy number, but that's, and, and you topped me, Donald. So I'm, I'm going 44 points per game combined.
1: I'm going to go 43.1. There's my, there's my official. Um, so we're, we, we kind of went with a little spread there. Sam, if it's
0: uh, 43.2, you lose. <laughs>
1: no, I think I still win. Yeah, uh, I, I think
3: that's how that works. Yeah,
1: That, that, I mean, that is how the game works. Guys, I, uh, I didn't tell you this. When we, when we planned this, we did plan this a little while ago. I'm adding a surprise final category in honor of Marquis Bolden going, as we mentioned, as I mentioned in my Player of the Week shout-out, going one for two from three in the final exhibition game. Guys, surprise category. How many total three pointers will Marquis oh, Bolden make this season? I love it. Uh, I went with two. Donald, you go. <laughs> how many that he'll make? Total three pointers made for Marquis Bolden this season, and I went with two. <sighs> just just say the first number that pops into your head. <laughs> four. Four
2: four.
3: Four, four. <laughs> that's so many.
2: Jason.
0: I think you guys are both way under. Coach K talked about the fact that Marquis has a good three-point stroke. It's slow, but he's got a good three-point stroke, and he is allowed to take that shot. This is not just a, hey, we're screwing around because we're beating Ferris State by 80 points kind of thing. He's allowed to take that shot, and I think he's going to take it. I'm going to say seven. Wait, Jason thinks wait, that Marquis Bolt.
3: Pulled- I was thinking you are going to say something like 15 or 20 yeah jason if if you're gonna
1: if you're gonna go for it leave man
3: i want to win i want i mean i want i probably was i was actually gonna
0: say like 12 but i want to win the category so i'm just going a little bit above you guys i have the advantage of picking third so that's why i went seven but but if you know put stick my hand in the fire do i have to make a wager i I would say 12 if i had to make a wager Hmm. do you want me to put you down for it
1: we i'm i'm still letting this be open until the end of the show you can change your picks
0: if i say 12 and he hits like seven or eight but I, I would lose then and that would suck
1: but but isn't that sort so, of the fun of the
0: game the gamble 12 put me down for 12. he's Jason,
1: dozen. going with 12. so we've got folks we have 18 categories here we i've got predictions locked in for them they're they're here saved forever via audio or at least until uh they shut down our soundcloud account and and we've got a nice spread some of the categories of course we we went with the same we went not the same guys but um. Overall, I think we ended up with a nice spread, and we will see at the end of the season. We we haven't managed in years past to actually have a like any sort of wager on the outcome of this game. But uh, of course, as always, we are we are open to suggestions. Of course, dbrpodcast at gmail.com is where you can always get in touch with us. Um, feel free to send us uh, your hilarious thoughts about what happens to the loser or winner of the stats prediction game. And uh, I'm going to allow that because not only am I in charge of the game, but I'm also the reigning champion. So what I say here is, as far as I'm concerned, is is just the true gospel of the stats prediction game. It's the most important thing we do here at DVR Podcast, among all the great things we do. So thank you guys for joining me uh, for this annual edition of the stats prediction game. In honor of the annual Duke Basketball Report podcast season preview, we asked our big sponsors, Berg Campbell PA and Dominate Test Prep for thoughts on the upcoming Duke basketball season that that they would like to share. So I'm going to give you guys the thoughts uh, from our sponsors. But real quick, just to remind you, this episode of the Duke Basketball Report podcast is brought to you by Dominate Test Prep. Founded by Duke alum Brett Etheridge, Dominate Test Prep provides online courses for the GMAT and GRE that are flexible and affordable, but most importantly, they teach Brett's proven test-taking strategies and produce high scores on test day. If you or someone you know is looking to get into a top school, let a guy who bleeds Duke Blue help. You can learn more at DominateTestPrep.com and use the coupon code GODEVILS to save 10% off any course package. Brett sent us a note earlier today and said, I predict that Zion Williamson most likely will dominate the GRE, the GMAT, and the rim of every venue that he plays in this season. That guy is a freak. And what's more incredible and exciting for Duke fans is that RJ Barrett is an even better all around basketball player and will likely lead the team in scoring and clutch plays. So, guys, we didn't do a clutch plays category in the stats prediction game, but that's it from Brett Etheridge over at Dominate Test Prep. Of course, the other sponsor for the show is Bird Campbell PA. The boys at Bird Campbell bleed Duke blue and remind you that if you need, that you have any legal needs in. Texas or in Florida to call the boys of bird Campbell PA because bird Campbell means business. We also heard of course, from Tucker bird uh, leading into this show and, and his commentary on Duke this season says as another season brimming with promise approaches, ardent Duke believers usually are conflicted between predicting the season with their heads and not their hearts. Picking Duke over the entire NCAA field is a statistical long shot as evidenced by the fact that Coach K, for all his greatness, has only won it 13% of the time. But this may be the year that practicality and passion agree. There will be disappointments and freshman walls to be hit, along with the occasional storming of the floor by opposing fans after a signature upset. But bet against Duke this year in the end at your own peril. When excellence is your measuring stick, the wins will come. This team's motto, Earn Everything, says it all. Approach everything in life as if nothing is to be taken for granted, and all will be there for the taking. Bird Campbell proudly supports all Duke sports for their commitment to excellence. As a law firm founded by Dukies, committed to the abiding principles of excellence learned at Duke and carried through decades of serving clients' businesses and real estate needs, Bird Campbell remains true blue and practices it too. So thanks again, of course, to Tucker Bird, to Jamie Campbell and to Brett Etheridge, our big sponsors here at the DBR podcast for their submissions and their continued support of the show.
0: By the way, I think Brett is correct. Zion Williamson is going to dominate the rim.
1: All right, guys, we're going to finish today. We're not going to do a, a parting shot segment or a um, or a player of the week because we haven't had any games or, or any shots to take since the last time we recorded. Uh, but we do want to finish up with a preview of Duke's first game. Of course, the Champions Classic is on November 6th. It's coming right up. Duke opens the season against Kentucky this year uh, in Indianapolis. It's it's opening night for college basketball. They've they've rejiggered the schedule a little bit so that Duke doesn't have to play any cupcakes to open the season. It's it's right to K- Kentucky in Indy. I'm sure the room will be crawling with Kentucky fans who have who have uh, arrived from over the river to uh, I, I, whatever it is they do make moonshine or 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 yell at, at coach K, whatever it is that Kentucky fans are doing, they will be there. I am sure in force in Indy. So we broke, we're we're going to break up the preview here a little bit. I'm going to go to Donald first. Donald, what do you want to tell me about John Calipari's Kentucky squad?
3: Well, they have, you know, a, a, another freshman laden squad. And really, you know, I know Jason will probably talk about the big men. So I'll focus on the, the small guys for a little bit. And they're very quick. They're very fast. Uh, Ashton Hagen's Emmanuel quickly, um, you're going to see them try and get out and run the ball and, and really get in the transition and really have a fast offense um, with, with these two guys. Uh, Tyler hero is six, five shooting guard. All these guys are highly tied at freshmen. And when you add those to some of the the guys like PJ Washington and Reed Travis, um, the, you know, Kentucky is a good team and it is almost unfair to college basketball that we have to see, uh, you know 2 versus 4 or 2 versus 3 depending on what poll you look at uh in this Champions Classic for the first game of the year but it's really going to be a very good test right off the bat for our freshmen um especially with Trey Jones uh Cam Reddish if they if you have those two guys at the at the two uh one and two guard positions you know going after these guys you know they're going to have to figure out a way to keep them in front of them talk, communicate and quarterback the defense because they have to know um, where these guys are on the court. You know, I'm not, I I don't know enough about their shooting ability to know if they can shoot the ball. I'm sure Jason has, has done a little bit more research in that area, but I do know that they're very quick and you know, our guys can be quick, but if we can keep them in front of them, that's really going to be the key to to limiting what they can do on the offensive end. So uh, like Donald mentioned,
0: um, he he primarily looked at the guards. I looked at the big men and there's something I want to tell you about the Kentucky big men. Um, there is a reason that Kentucky is ranked number two in all the polls. And some people even say number one, and that is because of what they're bringing back and what they have added up front. Um, these guys are, are going to be, this is, I think the best front line in all of college basketball. They bring back, Nick Richards and P.J. Washington. Both of those guys could have been perhaps first-round draft picks. P.J. Washington probably would have been a first-round draft pick. Nick Richards would have gone early in the second round if they had bothered to come out after their freshman year. But they both chose to come back to school to play a second season. They're incredibly athletic. They're really, really good rebounders. P.J. Washington's like a ridiculous rebounder. And they're very, very skilled. But I got extra bad news for you. They also add E.J. Montgomery as a freshman who was, uh, you know, he wasn't Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, but he was considered just behind those guys in the freshman class. A really, really, really good forward. He stands 6'10". Uh, very A great mid-range touch. I saw E.J. Montgomery playing um, in the McDonald's All-American practices that I went to, and just a feathery touch out to about 12 to 15 feet Um, almost automatic in there. E.J. Montgomery, really, really good big man. And now the worst news is E.J. Montgomery probably isn't even going to start for Kentucky because they brought in Reed Travis. Now, folks who followed Duke recruiting for for a while know that Duke was hard after Reed Travis five years ago when he was still in high school. He chose to go to Stanford where he was all Pac-12, Pac-14, Pac-10, whatever the heck that conference is out there on the West Coast. He was all whatever it is. really really good player out there for Stanford. He got injured one year, his junior year. He got I believe it was his junior year he got hurt, didn't play and so he redshirted. As a result, he is now a graduate transfer playing for Kentucky. And the word coming out of Kentucky practices, we shouldn't be surprised at this, is that Reed Travis is the best player in practice. Those four guys I just mentioned, Nick Richards, PJ Washington, EJ Montgomery, Reed Travis make the best front line in all of college basketball and they are going to give duke all we can handle and then some um i'm i'm going to go ahead and say this and i've never said this on the podcast before i think duke is going to lose this game i think that we're going to fall to kentucky we are too young it's the beginning of the year we are just figuring out what it means to play at this level. We haven't played anything even close to Kentucky, not even in the ballpark of Kentucky. And we're going to be facing an experienced team. This is not the usual Kentucky band of freshmen. Donald is right. Their backcourt are freshmen, but their frontcourt are almost all sophomores and a fifth year grad transfer. Reed Travis is a man playing against boys. And I think we're going to have all we could handle and then some up front. Um, and unfortunately, i'm I'm sitting here saying that I think Duke is going to lose this game. I think we're going to lose it because they're going to own us on the inside. So, to piggyback
1: on top of that, the thing that I am looking for most from Duke is is the way the defensive game plan comes together. So is Duke sending pressure like they showed they were at least practicing a couple times in the exhibition games? are they are they sending pressure after made baskets so that, Kentucky has a hard time bringing the ball up the court again. You know, with that with that inexperienced backcourt, is Duke denying the ball inside the way that Duke teams of 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 yore were able to to clog up the lane with with arms and bodies? You know, not not so much because they were packing it in, but because they were just good at disrupting passing lanes. Is Duke able to prevent Kentucky from scoring the ball inside? That I think is going to be the key. the The offensive game for Duke is it's on the one hand very polished because there are some incredible individual contributors. I still think that the overall flow of the offense is going to be in work a bit for the season, but I think that key to overcoming Kentucky, a Kentucky team that, Jason, based on your prediction, I feel like might even be favored in this game the key for Duke is going to be the, the way that they set the defensive pressure, if they can create turnovers, if they can get out and transition and take the ball away and make make easy baskets because Kentucky throws a lot of bodies at Duke, a lot of experienced guys. As you mentioned, Reed Travis, who's, who's been in college basketball for a while now, um, are, is Duke able to contain all of those guys and, and prevent them from even getting touches? Donald, was there... Was there something you wanted to, to finish off with as we look ahead at, at Kentucky in the start of college basketball season?
3: Yeah, you know, it's not as uh, uh, it's not as not a sad uh prediction as Jason has, but I will predict this. This game is supposed to start at 9.30 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, uh, obviously, no the, the Kansas-Michigan State game is going to be before that. There's no way this game starts at 9.30. It's probably going to be close to 10. And I will go so far as to predict this. This game will go to overtime, meaning that Sam and I will have prepared for a watching a sporting event beyond the midnight hour because we have been watching this World Series. Um, But it it will be one of those games where if you're on the East Coast, just take a half day on on Wednesday because it's going to be late when this game is over. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're probably going to
1: be right in that. So, uh, well, at least about the at least about the game time. I don't know about going to overtime.
3: That doesn't happen.
0: That's quite often. a prediction. That is yeah. quite a That's prediction, stuff. Donald. I this is proud. going to be
3: one of those great basketball games, and it's going to overtime. I don't know who's going to win. Uh, I, I I think we can win, but I do think it's going to be one of those games that people are going to be talking about on Wednesday. We won't be talking about it because we're going to be taking half day because it's going to be that late. I do have
1: no class on that Wednesday, so. So it is very possible for me to get in a good nap before the game starts. It might be necessary. All right, folks, don't forget, if you love the show, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Leave us five-star reviews, of course. Uh, that That is how we gain traction. If you don't enjoy the show, feel free to email complaints to dbrpodcast at gmail.com. Any of your comments are always welcome. Uh, if you send us something especially good and we like it, maybe we'll read it out on the show. Uh, If you want to be a sponsor of the show, uh, again, dbrpodcast at gmail.com. That's a great way to get in touch with us as Brett Etheridge and as Bird Campbell have done um, for for their respective businesses. We'd like to thank them again, of course, for their continuing support. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Duke Basketball Report podcast, the the annual season prediction episode. Of course, my favorite episode of, of the season, or at least one of them. So uh, for Jason and Donald, we'll wrap it there. For Jason and Donald, I am Sam Klein. This has been episode 132 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Duke Band, take us home. Happy college basketball season, everybody.